session one, we, we're going to be talking about self-image. Self-image is just about how you see yourself. How you see yourself. So I'm going to ask you this question. If you were asked, who are you? What would you say about yourself? So this exercise, guys, you're going to find somebody, right? You're going to talk, introduce yourself to them, right? So um, not husband and wife together. You're right, just find somebody else. Okay, this is why I said I want everybody on seat. I know my wife has to quickly attend to something. Right, so guys, uh, pick somebody else you've not met before. Or maybe you've met them before, yeah. I know. So introduce yourself to the person. Yeah, so, yes, so go, go, go. And show you have a pair. You know, somebody you've not told about yourself before, introduce yourself to them. So you have five minutes for this. Okay, yeah, so go introduce yourself again. Tell somebody, tell them something about yourself. So look at it. If you ask, who are you? What would you say about yourself? Amen. Fantastic. Right, so... Yeah, <laughs> I guess you guess I see chatting, right? Trying to fantastic. Two minutes, three minutes. I don't. I go, I'm gonna give you uh, one minute to go. Yeah, one minute. Time home. Time home. Time home. So you're gonna have more opportunity to have conversations. Amen. So you remain where you are. Remain where you are. Don't move yet. Don't move yet. Amen. Don't don't move yet. Don't move yet. So we're gonna watch a, a video a video clip very shortly, right? So what's gonna happen is this. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick two or three people to tell me what somebody told you about themselves. Are you ready for this? So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Time out. Boom, 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 boom. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then you turn to me. Amen. Thank you. Just thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Fantastic, because I need to also conduct my people so that uh, they will not fail exams. When the examiner gives them 20 minutes to write a test and so that they can write fast as possible and think as fast as possible so that at the end of the day, right, they're not saying, please give me two minutes. I need to write the final answer. No, because I'm going to tell you, how do you do in Nigeria? In Nigeria, so Nigeria, they're very, cruel, they're very cruel in Nigeria. So if they are given 20, uh, one, hour, one and a half hours to write an exam, if they are caught writing after the time is up, they rip your script. They are so unkind. But thank God today, according to Pastor Dad's teaching, I am kind. Hallelujah. If you're not here, you, hear, you hear a lot of synonym and uh, vibes. They are coming from yesterday. So we hear things like impatience and everybody laugh. I, uh, it was sort of just from yesterday. But I'll try to carry you guys along. So now let's do this. Mm, who wants to go? So, Sarah, can I ask you to in, tell me something about the, one of the women you spoke Yeah. Who introduced themselves to you? Good. Saved. So, what's the first thing she told you about herself? Her name. Her name. Good. What else? That she's, that she's a child of God. Okay. She was saved in high school. Wow. Fifty years ago, I wasn't born then. I, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, okay, what else, what else did she tell you? Amen, amen. Brilliant. Who wants to try again? So, um, okay, I'll get Sally to tell me something about Jasmine. Go for it. Okay. Amen. Fantastic. One more person. I want somebody who is not a spiritual. <laughs> So I'll get uh, Diola to tell me something about Pastor John. You spoke with Pastor John, right? So tell me about Pastor John. One. Two. 
Amen. And confident. Okay, so finally, I just want to do it one test. So, Ayo, tell me something about um, Tenny. What did she say about herself? So, Tenny mm. is an upcoming mm. actress, mm. singer, mm. Mm. creative, mm. writer of all kids. Mm. Hallelujah. Tenny. Amen. <laughs> Fantastic. So, let's do something here. Let me show you something. Let's look at this. So, those are good questions, right? And this is kind of how we're going to flow today, right? Like I said, what Daya, Pastor Daya taught in one hour, I'll flesh it out for you guys in eight hours. And it's going to be fun. So, uh, so now, with this, I'm hoping you're not feeling like, ah, what a long day. It's going to be interactive. And um, many of the things we're going to do today will play back in your mind when you get into your home because they start becoming more real to you. Amen? Right. So, um, in case I'm not quoting as much scriptures as Pastor Daya did, uh, don't, don't, don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, I'm thinking if this will give me good audio for this. Let me see. Let's what we get. Okay, so guys, what's going to happen? Um, just bear me one second. Let me see if I can get... I thought... One second, please. If I can get a, a last speaker for you guys. Runner, and she's got asthma, so I have to figure out. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. Oh, sorry. Hi. You, you lost your ball team. It's a maybe, maybe not basketball coach. Yeah. It's... Uh... It's looking more like maybe not. You got time for a visit? Well, let me check my calendar. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I could squeeze you in. Interval training is good too. Run one minute fast, then one minute slow. Then increase to two minutes fast, one slow. Three fast, well, you get the idea. Oh, this is good. Oh, it should go without saying that them eating healthy and getting good sleep is crucial for your team. Well, I only have one runner, and she's got asthma, so I have to figure out. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold up. You, you lost your ball team. You changed sports, and you still got no team. Well, that's sad even for me. <laughs> well, you, you see why I'm so frustrated. Yeah, actually, I do. This year, I had the players. I had the schedule. I mean, this was going to be our year. I'm sorry. I'm going to dump on you. Sean. If I asked you who you are, what's the first thing that comes to mind? I'm a basketball coach. And if that's stripped away? Well, I'm also a history teacher. Okay. We take that away. Who are you? Well, I'm a husband, I'm a father. And God forbid, that should never change. But if it does, who are you? I don't understand this game. It's not a game, man. Who are you? Um, I'm a white American male. <laughs> yeah, well, that's for sure. <laughs> Is there anything else? Well, I'm a Christian. And what's that mean? It means follower of Christ. And how important is that? It's very important. Interesting. Hi, right, so far down your list. Okay, wait a minute. I could have easily said Christian hey, first. Yeah, but you didn't. Look, John. Your identity will be tied to whatever you give your heart to. 
Doesn't sound like the Lord asked for his place. You're calling me a bad Christian? Let me be a little direct. Last time you were here, you said you'd pray for me. Did you? No. No. For someone who knows the Lord, you're acting like somebody who doesn't, which makes me wonder. What have you allowed to define you? When you lost your team, it didn't just disappoint you. It devastated you. Something or someone will have first place in your heart. But when you find your identity in the one who created you, it will change your whole perspective. Praise the Lord. What question stood out to you from that movie? Yep. Okay. Okay, let me hit Pastor John one second. Pastor John, good. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Something or someone would define your identity. Fantastic. That's a good one. Anybody else? What does being a Christian mean to you? Can you guys scribble those questions down for me, please? Yeah. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to lead me today. And I might be building on your, those things that stood out to you. Because whatever stood out to you from that movie is what God is saying to you. Right? What stood out to you, whatever you say, is who the message is communicating to your heart. Nice one. So, next, um, Sally, want to go something? One second. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. Good one. So if everything you identify with is stripped away from you, who are you? Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Your identity is given to what you give your heart to. Go on, Ibukum. Is God's first place in your heart? Sarah, go. Did you pray for me like you said you would? Good. Jaden, what's it on Amen. Fantastic. Anybody else? Now let's turn our Bible. This is not in my script, not in my slide. So let's turn our Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 to 3. You want to read? Sarah? Another version says, are you not carnal and behaving like normal human, natural human being, ordinary human being? So the Bible there is telling you that the Christian is not an ordinary human being. Praise God. So you may look like everybody else. You may drive the same car with them. You may live in the same building with them. You know, but you as a person, because predominantly we are spirit. We are not our body. We are not our external look. 
right? We are different. Our spiritual ground, everything about us is fundamentally at the core different from people out there who are not saved. Now, that guy said, one of the things that stood out to me was what that guy said. He said, you know, when you lost your team, it devastated you, right? And um, there's a way he put it, I can't remember exactly how he said it, but how he stood out to me was, you know, this guy was just defining himself by normal activities, things that are happening, things that are working. So he reacted the same way an unsaved person will react to situations in their lives. Now, Christians are not people who live under circumstances. We live above circumstances by faith. You hear things like, under these circumstances, I'm fine. No. You don't come under a circumstance. You don't come under, you don't live and subject yourself to negative circumstances. You take your place, you take charge of situations. I tried to get you guys' attention yesterday when I said one of my wife's siblings said to her, say something very negative to her about that, whether she was dumb and stuff like that. And the reaction in me was to grab her and kind of rip her apart. You know why? Because I know the power of words. When someone speaks, especially someone close to you, you have a romantic or emotional connection with, when they speak evil into your heart, it can mess up your life. That is the reason why the words that parents speak in your negative word parents speak into your life seems to kind of define your life or your output in life than anybody else. Because those are the authority figures in your life. And as warning spouses yesterday to be very careful what they say to their spouse because your word is powerful. Now, if it was uh, Pastor Dio that was, because my wife had a makeup thing this morning and the thing split on the floor. It was just Pastor Dio's thing. I said, God will help you. Just pass it aside and let's go. Right? She was like, uh, but because she's my wife, my relationship with her is deeper than Pastor Dio. What was happening around that was affecting me much more than my friend, even my best friend, would affect me. Because of kids, are things I cannot say. But when you start having romantic relationship with someone and it goes beyond the platonic, you know, you start getting intimate in a sense, that person seems to have a stronger hold on you or influence on you, especially if they have a child for you or so you have a child for them. Or things, you know, when things go beyond just the physical exterior. So what they say to you can destroy you if it's negative. Amen. So... This one is not part of what I plan to share with you guys, but I'm going to open my, open, my, open my heart to the Holy Spirit to speak to you guys. And this is why some teachings that some pastors will teach for one week, I teach them for six weeks. Because I got to get to your heart and help you see. Amen. I feel in my heart to say something about this entitlement mentality and victim mentality. Friends, you are not a victim. We live in Britain, and one of the evil I've seen in Britain is a sense and is a sense of yeah, pity, inferiority complex. Friends, these are demonic operations to the core. Do you know why it says demonic? Because it makes you powerless and makes you inactive, makes you feel helpless. Open your Bible to Ephesians 1:19. Ephesians 1.19. So I think we can start from 17. So start from verse 17 to 20. Ephesians 1.17 to 20. Yeah, anybody can read? 
Fantastic. So the Bible says that for everyone who will believe, the same power with which God raised Jesus from the dead is at work on the inside of you. Not on your exterior, not on your, in your emotions, but is in you. So for the sake of guys who are not here yesterday, I'm going to go back very quickly to spiritual and body. If you can, like Pastor Dai was saying yesterday, if you can really get it that you are a spirit, if you can get it, and you can understand that God has accomplished so much in your spirit, and you can force your mind to align itself. Now I'm closing the service. And force it's force your mind to align itself with what God says inside of you. Right? You will you will conquer every mountain. Now, th- see, this is how, what happens in my services when I teach. Right? You know, God, we have a specific word for you guys. I don't know what you guys were thinking about when you went to sleep yesterday because you, you were the one who started this. Right? So it's not my fault. Now. If you can get it in your mind, your spirit, that you are a spirit and that you're not just a body, you're not just your feelings, and you can understand what God has accomplished in Christ Jesus for you and in you, you can deal with any situation. Now, one of the things I was going to touch on is this. You may have come across Christians who have had problems in their life, and it sounded like God did not come through for them. And you're thinking, but God, why? But God, why? And you want to define your own confidence in God on the basis of the experiences of other people, you're going to miss it. You know why? Because the believer's walk with God is personal. So what killed the pastor, I will not allow it kill me. Right? Walk with God is personal. So do not put yourself in the stereotype of some Christian. Something is happening out there in your business. So the military in me is coming out. In your business, what's happening in that Christian's life? What's your business is your relationship with God and what God has given you. Right? Naturally, we tend to compare ourselves. We quickly compare. If it happens to that one, could it happen to me? Say, if they said one in four people die of cancer, in your business. So this is a, oh, these are special bonuses for you guys. So when a TV ad come and tell you that one in four people die of cancer, you said not me, not my household, in the name of Jesus. You speak it out. I want to show you at the end of the service. That's what I'm saying now. I'm already closing the service before I started because what I'm saying now, I'm going to go into more detail um, in the last session in order to reinforce this. But these are things in my spirit. Maybe somebody needs to check out uh, before 11. That's why God is getting me to say these things. So my wife is, we are very used to this, right? So if you come to my house, you may see a man of drama. So a TV ad comes up and says something. My wife said, no, not in this house. No, we are born again. We are children of God. I will... That's how we live. That's how we live ourselves. Because like Pastor Dai was saying yesterday, which I tried to get your attention about power of words, how fear gets into your mind, into your heart, is true words coming through your mind. Amen. This is the battle that we fight. You got to speak. Have you noticed, if you've ever had issues in the past, emotional issues in the past, have you noticed that when, say for instance, depression, anxiety, one of two things will happen to you. is either you are not able to speak and the emotions keeps mounting up and depressing you. Or you speak out that emotion, you know, confirming it, adjusting to it, and making it bigger. But that's a strategy of the enemy. Because how to snap out of depression is by speaking what God was says about it. So if the devil comes to your mind and says, guy, say you are not good for anything. 
What a useless person. You have lived a sinner all your life. He said, shut your mouth because now in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation. Turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 5 so that I can verify that for you. Romans 5, 1. Hmm? Romans 5, 1. Is it 8, 1? Or what? It's 8, 1. Sorry, 8, 1. There's something about Romans 5. I come to that. Romans 8, 1. Hmm. Who wants to read? Mm -hmm. So when? So now, not last year. Mm -hmm. Now, who, next one. Who does not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit? I'm going to come there. Mm -hmm. So the power, what, say that again, repeat it. The power of the life-given spirit. I'm going to walk you guys through shortly. Right? As what? As made you free. So if you think you are under any kind of oppression, lasting oppression, we are releasing the life of God inside of you. We are trying to help you to see that there's a life-given spirit on the inside of you. Amen. Praise the Lord. So I've just done the work of the Holy Spirit. Now let me do my own job. Amen. So did I bless you guys? Fantastic. So taking it off from that video. So we looked at that now. So your identity will be tied to what you give your heart to. When I asked you guys to introduce yourself to one another, now mentally from your mind, you can easily say nice things, spiritual things. But how we know what exactly you believe about yourself is when situations in your life begin to change. What comes out of your mouth first? Right? What comes out of your mouth first or your default reaction to situations shows us the true state of your heart. I've dealt with a number of single ladies in my life, especially the ones who actually want to date a particular guy. So they'll say to me, you know what, I don't like him. He's not my type. But let me make a statement to insult the guy. I'm kind, you know. You see their defensive reaction. No, pastor, it's not like that. Well, no, but you said it's not your type. You don't have anything to do with him. So why are you fighting for him? So if the person was a bad guy and I'm trying to call out the things that they, should, they are doing, they should not be doing that could make them harmful to the girl, she's going to defend them at all costs. I mean, I have, this is just common practice amongst a lot of single people. So such a single lady may tell me that, you know, I don't love this guy, I don't like him. Uh, but when I call out the things that this guy is doing that, you should, that should not make you go ahead in the relationship, they begin to fight for the, girl, for the guy. Do you know what that tells me? Their reaction shows me what exactly is the situation of their heart, not what they say. So as a pastor, I don't really go by what people tell me. I'm listening for what you are not telling me. And I've trained myself so much now that I can easily tell when someone is lying. I was saying to my wife last night, I said, I don't understand. Why do Christians think I cannot, I will not catch them when they are lying? You know, Christians look at me in the face and lying to me. And I'm saying that, do you know I know you are lying? I've asked you two questions that have verified and justified that what the Holy Spirit told me about you is correct. And you're still looking at me in the face and you're still lying to me. I'm thinking, are you saying I'm a fool? I don't understand. Amen. So the condition of your heart is what we want to really deal with. 
one of the things I'm hoping to achieve in this today is to help you to be able to pinpoint the issues in your heart so that when you find yourself in challenging situations, you can say, this is not me, because they are very subtle. Because in church on Sunday, you hear things. So I'm, about, I, I'm also thinking about going to drama, right? So I may do some drama, right? So in case I, my, my voice goes high and I just to call it, I'm still fine, everything is fine with me. I'm just being dramatic. So we go to church on Sunday. Oh, praise the Lord, sister. No, I don't like the sister thing, right? So, um, okay, I have examples, but let me not use their name to, to cover their identity. They're not in the member of the church. So I, I was once visiting the church and I met this lady and um, she preached me all through. And when I said preached me, she told me about the Bible, you know, spiritual things. Then later on, I asked about her from another guy and he said, they're no longer together. What happened? We've been sleeping together. We've been doing this, we've been doing that. And I'm like, now the ladies, you know, our parents, what she says does not reflect the real deep issues in our heart. If you love them, I was able to pick by the spirit, but the way she talks to me, you can never know. Can I say that to you? You don't go to church to find a husband. You don't go to church to find a boyfriend. Right? You cannot know who people truly are in the church. I think one in the church building, I think one of the reasons why a lot of people get disappointed in the pastors and preachers is because they're expecting because they've tagged them and they have an expectation of those people. And when the people don't meet their expectation, they begin to cry and scream. I said to my wife, I said, if any social media post comes and says a pastor did this, I said, it's not our business. You know why? Ephesians 4.11 tells us that Jesus gave some to be apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, which means ministry gifts. So Jesus especially gave some guys, including myself, it's a privilege, but it's a, it's a terrible responsibility. Trust me. Right. He gave us this assignment to equip you guys, to train you guys so that you can do what he's calling you to do. And that's kind of what we're doing here in this conference. Now, anyone can call themselves a pastor. Anyone can call themselves a prophet. Anyone can give themselves any name tag. But you cannot tell who exactly this person is. So if you expect everyone who call themselves a pastor to be actually a real pastor, you are being deceived. So you don't go by what people tell you. The Bible, Jesus said himself, said by their fruit, by their actions, the consistency of their action in line with the, with the word of God is what you should go by. So if you meet a guy today and is speaking Greek and Hebrew and preaching, don't allow that to fool you because you had no clue yet. Amen. Praise God. So situations and circumstances will reveal exactly what is in our heart. And I will say, let's start from there. Look at the situations going on in your life. How are you reacting? How are you dealing with it? And this is not to condemn anyone or point accusing fingers, but it is for us to understand the current state. Okay, I work in a secular job as a business analyst. So we have current state, which is the situation of things right now, and we have future state, which is how we want things to turn out, how we want things to look in the future. And then we then find out what's the gap? What's the, okay, why are we not in the future state? 
what are the processes we need to put in place? What are the systems we need to put in place? Who, who are the people we need to bring in? And we try to put all of this together to achieve that future state. So what I'm trying to do right now is to help you understand where you are currently. And then as we go through the Bible today, you begin to have a picture of what, the, what you should be like or what you should be, right? And then we see how we can walk you through it. So first of all, is to understand the current situation of your heart. Amen. Fantastic. So we got that. Uh, so why do you think his real identity was not top of the list? Anybody want to quickly, quickly answer that question before we go on a comfort break? Go for it. He was distracted. Devastated. Well, at the root of it is, is that he identifies himself by what he does. So he may say, he's a, even though he said he's a Christian, but how he really, really identifies himself is by what he does. You know, I had to come to a quick realization that I should not define myself by pastoring. Pastoring is an assignment. 20 years down the line, the Holy Spirit will tell me, your time is up in pastoring, I need to move into something else. But if I make pastoring my identity, I'll be so devastated, I will not want to let go. And I, will, and I might be contrary. You want to say something? He allows his emotion to mask his real identity. I'm ordaining you as a pastor. You can see, <laughs> that's very good. Please put your hands together for him. He allowed his emotions to mask his real identity. So which means, thank you, I'm going to add that to this. So which means your emotions can speak so loudly that you may not be able to actually see what, who you really are. And trust me, YouTube ads, politicians, business people, scientists, will make, they will fabricate, design the way they want you to feel. And they will use the power of the media to put in front of you, such that your emotions will look much more real to you than anything the word of God says. Make sense? So that's a very good one. Thanks, bro. Uh, so let's carry on. We're going to move very quickly. Um, I was going to say, now you guys should now reintroduce yourself. <laughs> and so let's hear what comes up on your list. But most of you guys kind of spoke from um, a, a spiritual point of view. And I've been touching a few things, so I'm going to let that skip. Fantastic. So what have you allowed to define you? Question for you. What have you allowed to define you? Now, what is shaking in your life at the moment? What are you about to lose in a sense at the moment? That is causing anxiety, panic attacks. Uh, yeah, so um, one of the things I wanted to pick up from what Ayo said was that she stopped calling that person who was pouring that negative thing into her life. You got to nicely cut them off, right? Even if they're your sibling, now that sounds sensitive, even if they're your sibling, you love them from afar. Mm-hmm. Sally said, ah. <laughs> from, from afar. You love the, that. It may, it may sound like I'm being extra, but you're a pastor now. Somebody who do not really understand the power of words and those associations would think I'm overreacting. But why should someone visit you and after four days you are still praying in tongues 
to, you know, to get rid of the negative input they put in you. There are people that don't talk to over the phone. Right? I know because I because my mind, like Dio said yesterday, your mind is obedient, is faithful, loyal to the information that goes inside it. You know, a pastor, you know, God bless his heart. He was just wanting to be a blessing in a sense. And um, he called me, he's not gonna be able to attend, and I was like, Oh no, that's fine. And he said, Let me pray with you, let me pray with you. And the pastor was gonna pray with me, and he said, Father, I know there's anxiety right now. I'm thinking. And I know, so I pray for Tunde that you give him peace, you give him rest, you speak. I'm thinking, who, who told you I'm anxious? Even if you sense anxiety, you don't call it out to make me think about it. I did not tell you I'm anxious. But you know, after that conversation, my mind was now thinking, are you anxious? Am I anxious? I said, shut your mouth, devil, I'm not anxious. I have no sense of anxiety concerning this conference. Because I'm here not to speak to multitude, but there's one person that God is really after. And I'll put my money into it to any extent to get that person here. Because a changed life can change nations. Amen. And if, I, if I'm able by the help of the Holy Spirit to touch a person and to touch their child, the child can change nations. If I can get the mother's identity right, right, all our children are secure in Christ Jesus. And I'm going to be touching on that shortly. Amen. So uh, we're still on that course of, say, of trying to help you understand the current state. What is it, what's the condition and state of your heart at the moment? Amen. Right. So what defines you? Let's look at this. Brokenness. Brokenness. What is broken in your life? What are the struggles in your life? What people think of you? Negative experiences. And then the seemingly positive one, the natural success, you know, when, you, when you've blown, this is a kind of Nigerian slang. I mean, when you've had financial breakthroughs, when you're Halma, right? So, Sarah, we are teaching you some uh, slang. I think Jasmine too, yeah. We are teaching some Nigerian slang. When you're Halma is when you've made it. <laughs> Maybe you come across some of us before. <laughs> uh, somebody said about Nigerian young people, said one in two Nigerian young people is in a hurry to get rich. I guess him. So, being rich is what we call hammer, right? So, Sarah, if you hear hammer, you know they're talking about money to some extent. Right, so that's natural one, uh, natural success, which we can look at later in future. But one of, uh, I, okay, let me step back a little bit. It's dangerous to define oneself by natural success because we live in a world where there's a thief and the thief is, a, is Satan. He can use any circumstance to... Um, to take what God has given to you. So I said, right, which one do you want me to read to you? Do you want me to read that to you? Okay, yes, yeah, quite time. Okay, let me, let, me start. let me start from the brokenness and I'll read it down. Would that work? Okay, so brokenness. So that focuses on your flaws, right? So it says, you are your flaws. You are your weakness. So if a person have a drinking problem, right, they tend to identify it as their person, as this is who I am. And they say, I'm a drunk, I drink too much. What people don't understand is that the more you say it, the more it becomes real to you. Right. Uh, some people say I'm an adulterer because somebody had a sexual immoral, um, sexual thing with somebody else's wife or spouse, then they say, this is me. I'm going to touch on that one with, with the couples when we get to marriage uh, session, breakout session. And some people, they, 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 they gossip Right. And the list goes on and on. They gossip, so they call themselves that because of their behavior. 
But because they've not, they are, they've not gotten the memo that your actions don't define you. Right? So the next one is what people think of you. And this is one of the, one of the most terrible places. What people think of you, what your parents think of you, the expectations they have of you, what your spouse think of you, what your siblings think of you, what your friends think of you, what your work colleagues think of you, what the media thinks of you, how the media wants you to look, Instagram girls, right? Um, what politicians, religion. So a lot of people are just set imposing identity and images on us, right? And it's confusing. And so we are not peaceful in our work with God in our Christian life. Because we are battling with different kind of thoughts and expectations and imaginations. I get to me. So negative experience, if someone has been abused, and this is quite common in Africa, among women, uh, it's, it's a, the, the statistics, the figures are very depressing. So I won't go into that. But one of the things I noticed was that the victim is usually made um, is usually blamed when it comes to abuse. And they take it upon themselves saying that maybe because I'm this, I did this, I did that. So they begin to identify with the imposed image of the abuser. Now, I, everything I'll share with you guys, I can just, I could say it in one sentence, but we need to get into it so that in your personal life, as you go on from here, you'll be, you'll be able to pick these things. Amen. So whatever has happened to you in the past, right, and they've made you who is the victim look like the one who is at fault, you have to start rejecting it from today. It is an evil operation. So people say, you, uh, this happened to me because you did this, or I did this to you because you did this. It is evil. Amen. It is what evil and there are many more things there. So if you guys have more, you know, because I don't really know too, know too much about people's negative experiences, so I didn't put that too much there. But if you have any of that whereby somebody did something to you, but they're holding you accountable for what they, what they did to you, uh, we can have a conversation about it. Amen. Because I believe God wants to set you free from that. Amen. Right. What is identity? Now, let's get into it. So, the distinguishing character or personality of an individual, your uniqueness, your, what is specific to you. You know, I think iPhone has enough common sense to make us to, to understand that we are all different. Hmm? Break. Okay. So, you guys, uh, I was trying to do 55 minutes, but I think we're nearly there, right? Ah, okay. All right. I can feel it, too. I can feel it. So, guys, let's take, I'll give you seven minutes. So, just stretch around, comfort break. Let's be back by 11.10. Shoot.